Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce show and today I'm here with the founder of uh, Sartoro and uh, this is a uh, um, suit company or, or custom tailored suit company and if you go to their website you will see that uh, they customize the suit on you and uh, it happens online, the purchase, so it's a very interesting niche I would say. And uh, he will share with us today how the whole process works, how they can make it work, and uh, what's the story of this uh, business. Hey, Andy, I'm glad to have you here today. How are you? Thanks, Daniel. Good to be here. Looking forward to chatting. Yeah. So tell us more about uh, about your business. Like, when did you start this, and was what, what was the original idea of uh, of the business? Yeah, sure. So Sartora was COVID born um, right at the start of 2020. The idea uh, spawned quite a while back from that. And it's something I've been working on uh, off and on for a while, but it, it all stemmed from being invited to be in a wedding years ago when I was in my early 20s and the groom wanted us all to get custom suits. He wanted us all to spend about 1300 bucks on these custom suits, which was quite a lot, especially um, back then in your early 20s, right out of college. Um, and I thought there, you know, there had to be a way to do custom, good quality without it having to break the bank, right? You have different tiers of quality suits in the market, um, but a great suit doesn't have to cost Fifteen hundred bucks, at least that's what I thought, and that's what we set out to, you know, achieve with Sartoro is making good quality, reasonably priced um, custom suits available on the market to the masses. That's amazing. And uh, when did you? So when you started the company, um, what marketing channels did you use back then to to grow? What was your first first approach? Yeah, so it's interesting. We had a, a bit of a unique path, right? With with COVID um, spreading wildly, there wasn't really a market for suits in 2020 and into 2021. Um, so we actually used that time to really focus on just getting everything set up property, properly, building out our brand, building out our catalog, figuring out how we were going to do everything, creating the technology behind Sartoro. And, and it was nice for us because we didn't really have to worry about what our sales numbers were month to month, right? You know, obviously we would have loved to have had sales from the beginning, but it wasn't really in the cards in the middle of a pandemic when people were not going out and not wearing suits. So for the first about year and three months or so, it was really just set up. And then when we kicked off, we, we started in the you know, your typical channels, doing Facebook marketing, running ads on, on Facebook and Instagram, as well as doing some uh, Google search ads as well. 
uh, and trying to spread the word through friends and family as well as we kind of needed to get a base of reviews, get people who are talking about us and, and getting other people besides us just, just saying how good the suits are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm really curious uh, how the process works. Uh, as I sh as I shared at the beginning, so how do you solve this whole process online? That custom made product, and you and then you deliver it. People they can buy it online, and as you said, it's it's affordable. So it's definitely not thirty five hundred or you know those price ranges. Right. So the the process in terms of how someone would come and buy a suit, right? We tried to go out and solve some of the key challenges that we believed existed in the market, right? And the first is there's a lot of choices, right? So how do you, you know, know what the fabric looks like? How do you know how to style the suit or design it? You know, there's a lot of choices. Making them online is not always the most clear, right? The different lapel options, the button options, the jacket type. So we partnered with... A development firm and created a suit design tool uh, that lives within the website where you can come and you can pick a suit you can hit customize and it, it'll actually show you that suit visually you can spin it around look at it from different angles and mess with the different customizations and see exactly what you're going to get so it makes it a, a visual experience right all of this is geared towards doing our best to bring the bespoke in-store experience online, things you would do at a tailor shop, being able to replicate that as much as possible online, right? So you have the customizations piece. And then the, the other large part, probably the biggest one is, is the measurements, right? Uh, custom suit requires a lot of measurements to make it fit better than something off the rack. Uh, measurement can be complicated, they can be difficult, they can be error prone. Uh, we studied a lot of other brands who had different tutorial videos, uh, photo examples, guides, and that definitely helps. But what we kind of our hunch was and what we found over time is that you can give the best directions in the world on how to take measurements, but it's not something everyone's good at on their first time attempting mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Right. So you can end up with a lot of incorrect measurements, which can end up with an incorrect fit and all kinds of issues. Um, so we leverage a technology that we call the digital tailor that takes several inputs that most people will already know, their height, their weight, their age, their shoe size, and their pants waist. And with just that information, we can predict a full set of body measurements that's going to be just about as accurate as taking measurements in a shop. Right. It's, it's going to be that precise for the vast majority of body types. And, and, and by doing that, it takes this whole process where typically, you know, going to a store, you're going to be spending quite a bit of time there, a lot of measurements, a lot of choices. You're now, now able to do that from the comfort of your home. You don't even have to pick up a measuring tape to get fitted. So we try to make it a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, that's very interesting. So you approach the developers with this idea from from day one? Yeah, so we were specifically looking for a type of 3D modeling technology, right? So we vetted a number of different uh, development shops that specialize in this technology and modeling things, everything from, from cars to apparel, to any, pretty much anything you could customize, bags, right? You can create these 
very photorealistic models uh, that can be manipulated and to create hundreds, thousands, even millions of variations uh, and create a visual experience online. So we vetted, I think, 10 or so of these companies before deciding on which one we wanted to work with to, to build our custom solution. Yeah, that's incredible. And uh, yeah, I really wonder like uh, about the sales process, if you can, if you could tell us more about it, because these are not your typical 50 bucks, $100 items, but these are more expensive. And if you buy a product like this, then you want to wear it for, for years. And yeah, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not a fast fashion company or, or some very consumable thing. And uh, how, how do you convince people that, uh, that you have a high quality product and uh, not just the measurement is right, but, uh, and the process for that, but also the, the product, the fabric is good and it will look good on you. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not an impulse buy. Uh, so it's something that, that uh, customers are going to take more care when they're purchasing. And so a lot of people will, will think about us for some time. We have people all the time that say, oh, I was looking at this suit for the last four months and I finally decided to pull the trigger. You know, I saw that review about you guys or it I takes saw, time, right? It's, it's not, yeah, it's not an impulse. Yeah. yeah. So what we, what we try to do is, is, is help reduce the risk, right? So the risk when someone's coming to any new company, us or anyone for the first time is, well, I don't know if this is going to be good quality. What if I don't like it? You know, what if it's, you know, not what it's, it's advertised as, right? Well, now I'm stuck with this suit that either doesn't fit me or doesn't look good and I can't give it back. And most custom brands don't offer returns and with good reason, right? You, you order a custom couch, right, for your living room and they specifically make it for your living room, your, your fabric choice, everything. It's understandable that you can't return that, right? Because yeah. it can't be resold. We can't resell any custom suits, right? However, what we've implemented recently is we now allow first order returns for uh, for any new customer, right? When they make their first purchase, we're saying, if you haven't tried us out before, come do it. We're that confident that you're going to like what you get, that you're not going to want to return it. Uh, and so we, we've effectively de-risked the whole buying process, right? If they don't like it, they can send it back. They'll get all of their money back um, and, and they can go find one somewhere else. So it really helps a lot with getting people comfortable early on when we're not a globally known brand yet, right? So we need to do extra things to help convince them. Yeah, I really like this uh, first purchase return policy. And as you said, if a product is customizable, then yeah, returning the product is tricky and it's hard to guarantee that. Yeah, yeah and so um, you have to have balance, right? We couldn't, we can't say, hey, you can order five suits and then return four mm -hmm. of them. Right? Yeah. It's not like what, what, what a lot of us do on on Amazon, we'll buy like three pairs of shoes, the same style and three different sizes and return the two that don't fit. We, of yeah. course, can't, can't do a model like that with, with custom clothing, but we can allow people to get their, you know, their first suit. If they don't like it, return it. And by offering swatch books, right? It's, it's an easy one. We make this simple for the customer. They can get swatch samples in two to four days. 
um, and check out the fabric, hold it in their hands before they decide to have a suit made of the material. Hey Budai Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. And I don't know, maybe that could be one of your lead magnets, by the way, like uh, just offering people that they can get a sample of the fabric in a few days and they can check it out. And if they like it, I'm pretty sure more of them they want to buy. So it's an idea. Um, yeah, absolutely. How do you see the role of different marketing channels? Um, what, what are the main channels that you use? The same what you used at the beginning or it changed over time? Yeah, so we still are primarily uh, advertising on Meta and on Google. Eventually, we'll add, you know, uh, TikTok, more focus on YouTube, even Pinterest, LinkedIn. Um, but my philosophy with this has always been it, it's better to be great at one thing than mediocre at a number of them. Right. So rather than spreading marketing budget and effort across seven, eight different platforms, mm -hmm. we focus on the core ones first. Right. Because uh, we're going to be able to do a better job at each one of those individually. Uh, but they do interplay. Right. Someone might be browsing TikTok and see a video. Then they're on Facebook. They see an ad. They go to Google. They search something. You pop up. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are, it's a multi-touch approach, especially when you get products that aren't an impulse buy, right? They're not something you see an ad, it's a $25 widget, you go just snap by thinking this will yeah. be cool. And if it's not, oh, well. Um, so it is an intertwined approach there. Yeah, makes sense. It's interesting you mentioned LinkedIn because in e-commerce, it's not used. But I think for this product uh, category, it definitely makes sense. So yeah, LinkedIn can be interesting too. Um, yeah. How do you see the role of uh, email marketing and uh, maybe even SMS? I think it's huge, right? Um, you have to go beyond just trying to sell with educating customers, right? Helping them understand not only the brand, but, but the product category that you're selling, right? So understand what makes a suit uh, a good suit, what makes it a great suit, what's the difference between custom and off the rack, Right, especially for someone who maybe has not had a custom suit before, they've had off the rack and they're like, oh, this fits okay, I think. It's good, it, it looks all right. You know, when they try custom for the first time, then they're like, oh, I, now I get it. I understand why this is a lot better, mm -hmm. why I feel a lot better in it. Um, so that education piece in email is critical, especially with a segment of, of customers who are interested but have not yet pulled the trigger and, and made a purchase. Yeah. And uh, what's your uh, strategy with the those customers who already purchased once? Yeah, I think it, it, it's multifaceted and it's evolving. So um, we are we're working on building out a referral program, right, to help turn our customers into, into advocates. Uh, initially, for an early stage company, it's about getting reviews, right, trying to build up your reviews as quick as you can. So that's a big focus with our segment. Um, we have the advantage with custom suits of it being uh, an industry where 
when someone buys from you once and they really like it, the next time they need a suit, they're probably coming back to you, right? There's going to be a, yeah. a, a segment of people who say, oh, I want to try this other brand. I want to try all these different brands. I want a suit from every one of them. Uh, but, but a lot of people, they find something they like, they're going to stick to it. Right, and they're not going to go elsewhere. So that that's played to our advantage a lot. We see a lot of customers come back even more um, sooner than we we think, right? Because um, most people will not buy too many suits very often, right? Maybe one suit yeah. every every couple of years. Um, so it's it's a longer cycle as well with them. Yeah, I think a referral can be a good thing because. Uh even in my circle like when somebody needs a suit they ask their friends like how did you get yours and uh it's not easy to find a good source of of you know these items and uh you just ask around so a referral can be can be very interesting here yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah so a few more personal questions i wonder uh for you who was the biggest mentor or those sources where you learned about entrepreneurship in the past few years? Yeah, I, th I think uh, um, uh, probably my biggest mentor over the past years has been my Uncle John. Um, he's He's been an industry executive in, in a lot of different spaces, advising num a large number of companies over the past 15, 20 years of his career. And, and he's been instrumental in, in helping me um, see challenges before they happen create contingency plans to put in place um, before things go wrong. He's really helped me to think, uh, take a step back uh, from the business and try to think about the, the bigger picture in a lot of situations, uh, which is can, can be difficult to do when you're an entrepreneur and you're in, in the weeds of it every day. You're seeing it up close. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, to step back yeah. and see that full picture, see that 50,000 foot view where you might notice issues that you otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, is there any book that you would mention or you are not an avid reader? I try to read, I'd like to read more than I do. Um, I think I think a, a classic is the four hour work week, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think what's important about the message conveyed in that book is not necessarily working less, even if, uh, although that's, you know, what the title indicates, it's yeah. really about working smarter, right? Using the time you have wisely. Cause that uh, with starting a company as, as, as a founder, you're never going to be working four hour a week, right? Uh, or or yeah. even 40 is, is light. However, the more you can do to make the hours that you are working efficient, uh, it pays huge dividends, right? Increasing your productivity, not just by working faster, but by working smarter, uh, can, can be huge uh, for an early stage company with limited resources. So that's a, that's a great book as a starting point down that rabbit hole, which, which is a, a big one. That's Tim Ferriss, right? Yeah. Also, yeah. Yeah, yeah high, highly recommended book. And uh, I agree, productivity is huge and personal productivity first when you don't have a big team yet. And, uh, you know, if you really nail down productivity, then you need to hire people way, way uh, you know, 
further in the future, not not now. So so yeah. Yeah, and there, there's there's a a big part of it too is is kind of taking a step back from from doing the little things or doing things in general mm-hmm. and, and focus on planning. How could I build processes for these tasks, these projects that I'm doing? And it will take me more time up front to do that versus just getting it done. Um, but the back end can be tremendous in terms of time savings by offloading, you know, one percent here, one percent there off your plate of the, the things you do on a on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, and that's how you really set yourself up to, mm-hmm. to, to scale effectively. Yeah, yeah. I have one more question. So, what would be your number one tip to to an e-commerce business owner whose product is not an impulse buy, similar to yours, so something that costs four or five hundred dollars even more, and uh, it's a quality product, and uh, it's something that you don't buy every day. I mean, uh, yeah, it's something that lasts, and uh, yeah, high-quality product. What would you tell to those business owners who are just starting out? What should they focus on? Yeah, that's that's a great question. It's a tough one because there's there's not necessarily one thing to focus on. Um, that's that's way more important than the others. But I, I think it's it's not letting the foundation slip away, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not trying to go out to market as fast as humanly possible. It's trying to do things right. One bad review can really cause a lot of damage, right? So having a a customer first approach and making sure you're going out of your way to keep customers happy and not give them reasons to be upset, right? If you do that right and you avoid, you know, those early mistakes, which, which can result in, you know, negative reviews in places that people will see that can really hurt you, right? That can really dissuade people from buying if you have, if you have a few very bad reviews. So avoiding that by providing exceptional customer service really can help you stand out. Big companies can't do it because they've they've outsourced their customer service or it's just at a scale where it's impossible to really do an exceptional job, whereas small companies getting started can give more individualized care. And it's valuable too, because by spending a lot of time with your customers, more than you even need to per se, you can learn a lot about what they want, what they like about your product, what they don't, and not just about the product, but about the experience as well. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you have to choose, it's it's better to lose some money or, or maybe refund more uh, customers than getting uh, more bad reviews, right? So you should avoid the bad reviews uh, at all costs at the beginning. Um, yeah, and it's it's reputation is everything because you gotta you gotta stick to your policies too, right? You can't roll over completely, uh, and there will be cases where where customers are completely unreasonable or are trying yeah. to write their own rules, and that can put put you in a tough position as a founder but you but you're right um avoiding a bad review is, is worth a lot of money is another way to look at it um, yeah and so by by making sure that doesn't happen as much as within your control within reason is, is hugely important early on yeah yeah 
and your principles will be tested as a founder when you build your business. I think everyone and should be for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Andy, thanks a lot for uh, coming here today, sharing your story and your uh, Santoro story. So I will put the domain, the website into the description so everyone can go there and uh, get their custom tailored uh, suits from your store. And uh, thanks everyone who listened to us. I will put one more link into the show notes, which is a link to our top 100 emails that we collected in my company. And uh, thanks again, everyone, and uh, have a great day. All right. Thanks, Daniel. Take care. Thanks again for having me on.